You are now listening to the Glowing Older Podcast, brought to you by Senior Trade, the leading platform for the business of aging well. Download the 2022 trend report at SeniorTrade.com. Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older Podcast, where we interview experts on innovation in senior living and the business of aging well. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin, and I'm pleased to be here today with Tom Grape, the founder, chairman, and CEO of Benchmark Senior Living. Welcome to the program, Tom. Thanks so much. Nice to be here. Well, thank you. Uh, Before we dig into Benchmark, tell us about your background. Well, uh, I grew up in uh, Connecticut. I've been now in the Boston area for a very long time, and so I'm a Northeasterner. I spent a few years in other parts of the country, but primarily in the Northeast. Been in senior living for most of my career, and happily so, and I'm a Red Sox and Patriots fan. I've got two daughters and uh, two stepsons, and uh, looking forward to uh, warmer weather. <laughs> oh, well, that's a, a great brief summation. Thank you. Benchmark is widely known as one of the top senior living companies. So tell us about the company and how you have grown into the largest senior housing company in the Northeast. I was in uh, the senior living business for about 10 years before founding Benchmark. Actually, this is our 25th anniversary, so uh, that shows I've been doing this for a while. But uh, I started Benchmark uh, in 1997. So you can, if, for those of you who've been around or know what things were like back then, assisted living was was pretty young back in 1997 and, and pretty hot. Uh, there were companies going public back then with very few communities. Uh, the company I had been running in the early 90s, um, we, uh, we built 14 communities and uh, I was part of a company that also had nursing homes. And that company was sold. So I then started Benchmark in 97 and uh, we were able to get some capital backing from a well-known investor in senior living these days called AEW. We were their first senior living investment and we uh, a Benchmark, we built uh, eight communities with them and acquired three and the late 90s, early 2000s, and then things slowed down a little bit, primarily due to the economy and so on, but we kept going. We then acquired a portfolio of uh, eight communities in 2001. We acquired geez, a number of other, several other portfolios throughout the 2000s and um, formed other capital partnerships. Our, our basic model has been to form joint ventures with big institutional investors. We've had partnerships with groups like AEW and uh, uh, Charles Bank and Bay North and uh, Well Tower, the big REIT that everybody knows about these days and uh, other big in- investors. And uh, we own part of the partnership and we're also the operator. And we've sort of repeated that a number of times and it's worked pretty well. Our geography is we're all in the Northeast. Right now we have 63 communities in uh, seven states, all in the Northeast, so we're pretty geographically concentrated, which I think has been a really helpful part of our strategy. Um, we again own part of all of our communities. Uh, we um, uh, we've been offered many opportunities to go to other parts of the country or or the world, and we've turned them down. We like being in the Northeast, and we we're in the independent living, assisted living, memory care, and CCRC spaces where have no interest in being in freestanding skilled or uh, or just age-restricted apartments. We like the product types that we're in. So a few basic principles we stuck with over time that have worked. A lot of 
misconceptions uh, surround the, the fact that, oh, senior living facilities are all the same or the senior living companies are all the same. Um, you mentioned several uh, key differentiators, but is there anything else you want to share as a key success factor that really separates you from the competitors? Um, well, yeah, I think, um, you know, a couple that I, that I did mention, I guess I want to might elaborate on slightly differently, which is uh, we've become pretty sophisticated uh, because we've done it more than almost anybody at having institutional joint venture partnerships. So um, uh, we've, we've probably had 15 different uh, institutional capital partners at this point. So we've gotten pretty good at knowing how to do that. Um, secondly, I think our geographic concentration has been an advantage. Uh, third, we're, we're pretty clear about the product types that we do. Uh, and we don't vary from those. Uh, beyond those, the, those that I'd mentioned before, one of our really principal ones has been our focus on culture and being a employer of choice. Uh, we've focused on that from day one. I'm, one of the things I'm proudest of is that uh, each year the Boston Globe uh, awards, you know, its top places to work as a lot of you know, large newspapers do. Uh, they've done it for 14 years. We're one of only two companies that's been on the list all 14 years. The other one's a small company. We're in the large employer category. So we're the only company, not just senior living company, but only company of any type has been on the list all 14 years. So I'm very proud of that. Uh, we've also been on the Fortune Magazine uh, uh, Great Places to Work list since they've been publishing it you know, for the last four or five years with the aging service, aging service provider uh, list. Uh, we've been named in a number of other publications for being either a top employer or a healthy employer or other things. So we've worked very hard at our culture and I'm, uh, you know, we're not perfect, but we're, we're pretty good and we're proud of it and we'll continue to work hard at it. And, uh, so that's something that I think has been, uh, we've been known for and work hard at. Um, we're a top quality care provider. We, uh, we, we work hard at uh, our care that we provide and care levels and so on. And we're, uh, we've got a reputation for that in our markets. So those are a couple of things that I'm proud of and that we work hard at and we think we're pretty good at. Well, that's that's exceptional. Uh, you know, considering that staffing is the number one issue in the industry, uh, being a top place to work is is no small feat. So thank you. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, do you want to share any future plans or is it all secret? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess I'm, uh, I've been around long enough to know that uh, I could tell everybody all of our big secrets and I'm not sure that would really do them much good because then actually doing them is really the hard part. So <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, I think we're going to honestly stick to mostly the basics that I mentioned. So we're going to, you know, we're going to stick in the Northeast. We're going to stick with the product types that we've got. We're going to stick with our, uh, you know, joint venture uh, model. We're going to, so we're going to stick with a lot of the basics that I've mentioned. Um, you know, we're going to continue to try and uh, innovate in some of the areas that we have been trying to, both as an employer in our number one in our care area, number two. Uh, we are expecting things like um, uh, what happens when an industry matures, and we're starting to see it in senior living, is there's greater differentiation among products as people look for more market segmentation. That's, we're starting to see that in senior living, and we're, start, we're trying to be a you know, thought leader and a pioneer in that area a little bit. And you'll see more of us, us doing more of that and others as well. Um, you know, obviously, you know, technology is, 
going to be a bigger part of everybody's future. Uh, but we're, you're not going to see us getting into um, building theme parks or, uh, you know, or buying racetracks or things that are wildly different from what we're doing. I think uh, our business is hard enough and important enough that we're going to stick pretty much to the, uh, you know, the race, the, the, the field that we're in and just try and get better and better doing what we're doing and maybe some related um, things that help us do it better, but not, uh, not getting, not veering wildly off the track. Well, that makes perfect sense if it ain't broke, right? (laughs) (laughs) So you uh, touched on technology. Talk to us a little bit about how you're leveraging technology um, to uh, improve staff relations and resident experience and efficiency, that sort of thing. You know, know, technology is such a tough topic. Um, and This is not unique to us or or our industry, it's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you, we can keep spending and spending and spending. It's such a tough thing because uh, there's always a new, a new version of something or a new um, gadget coming out. And so we've been, um, as I've reflect back on the last number of years I've been in the industry, you know, one of my comments is to, for a large part of that time, what we've really seen is a lot of gadgets, a lot of things coming out that, that uh, is really somebody who had a technology background, came up with an idea, and they developed a product about it, but not necessarily based on what the real need was. Uh, and um, so I, I think we've been cautious on in investing in or buying a lot of those things to this point. We're starting to obviously see technology continues to improve, and there it's getting better and better. Um, so that's, you know, we're clearly increasing our investment in technology as are others. And, and of course the pandemic, um, pushed everybody along a little further in technology, but it's still a tough thing. And one, a, ba- a very basic thing, uh, is all the various software packages that operators use for accounting and care and sales and, you know, their CRMs and other things, you know, not all of them are, are still to this point not integrated. It's very hard to get them to, to work all together. So something as simple as that remains a fundamental conundrum uh, to, to the industry. At any rate, uh, one of the things that we've done in the last couple of years, which we're excited about, is we've been using uh, as a supplement to our CRM uh, a, a product we call TSO Life. We're now calling it something in common. But basically, it's a way for us to get to know our customers better and, and more easily. And it's uh, when, when somebody first moves in with us, we, uh, we do a, an interview with them that's recorded. And the artificial intelligence technology of this company, TSO Life, they're a Florida-based company, uh, goes through this recording of each interview. And it can identify dozens of data points or facts about each resident. And it helps and it creates a dashboard for each community that that identifies interests that people have in common. So for example, if somebody mentions gardening in their interview uh, or uh, classical music or whatever, each community will have a dashboard of the number of people who mention gardening or classical music or whatever it is. So that allows our programming folks to uh, then be able to tailor their activities programs towards the things that that have common interests. That's a very simplistic example, but it allows us to do even more than that. It allows us to better tailor our programming and our our dining because they've also expressed their food preferences or 
physical spaces, how the, the kinds of, you know, I don't know, decor or things they might like. Uh, they also tell their stories of their lives. And we were able to put together uh, recorded uh, life storybooks that we give to their families. And when we do that, their families sometimes haven't heard some of the stories that go back uh, to their youth. And it's just incredibly moving to watch how valued that is by the family members. Um, so it's we get far more information about the residents than we've done from the you know the previous you know pen and paper approach. The associates rave about it because it's so much easier to do. Um, so it's just been an incredibly powerful tool for us. It's connected former high school classmates. We find you know people who like to play cribbage and bridge and poker together. We've you know have veterans who didn't know they had you know were in similar battles you know <laughs> uh, put together and. Uh, you know, all kinds of great stories have come from this uh, that, that we just weren't really getting from the previous uh, uh, less technology-oriented approach. That's one example of something that we've really um, benefited from that we're pretty excited about. It's customer-oriented. It's not super high-tech, but it's something that's, uh, uh, that's been really helpful to us so far. Well, it's really interesting you say um, not so high-tech because I, I think it, it it's down to earth and deployment, but the AI element of TSL Life, uh, I'm familiar, they uh, were a sponsor of Glowing Older and I had David Sawyer on the program, who's the CEO of TSO Life, but um, kudos to you because I, I think what's so great about uh, TSO Life too is, is the predictive element through the AI where you can actually help somebody find something that they might not even have known that they'd like, right? Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't say, I, I should retract my statement. The behind-the-scenes behind stuff is very high-tech. Yeah. The, the part of it that we do, the simply recording the interview, isn't very high-tech. So from our end, it doesn't require us to go hire all kinds of you know, IT people and the rest. But you're absolutely right. The, the AI behind it is very high-tech. So, But from, from the operator's perspective, you know, we're just recording the interview that we'd be doing anyway. So from our perspective, it's it's easy to use, but yet what's behind it is very high tech, and that's the value of it that pulls all this stuff together in a way that makes it useful. So you're absolutely yeah. right. I didn't word it correctly. <laughs> no, no, I I, um, I completely agree, and I think that's kind of the best technology, right? Where it's it's not um, rocket science to the person that uses it, but it's sophisticated in the hind end. So really cool. The ultimate test is if I can use it, it's easy to use. I can, <laughs> I can even use it. That means it's really simple to use. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so we touched on technology. What are some of the other broad trends you're seeing in senior living and aging services? You know, I, I mentioned one earlier that I think is really pretty dramatic, though, which, which is, um, you know, as, as any industry ages, um, uh, it... it uh, market segmentation happens. So when you think about very mature industries today, like, you know, autos or hotels or airlines or whatever, you know, sign of a mature industry is they have three or four or five really big players that have the vast majority of market share. And then maybe a few smaller players nibbling around the edges. Uh, but the, those industries didn't begin that way. Um, and right senior living, of course, remains a very fragmented industry. So we're a long way from being a mature industry but it's maturing. Uh, so you'll recall Henry Ford's famous quote from the early days of the Ford Motor Company, you can have any color Model T you want as long as it's black. <laughs> um, and and of course, now, of course, you know, you can get 
cars in a zillion colors and different models and all the rest. Well, that's that's what happens as an industry matures. Is they're targeting. There's all kinds of different Fords targeting, you know, lower income people, middle income people, high income people, truck users, you know, electric cars, gas, all different, you know, serving all different market segments. And in early the early days of senior living, an assisted living community, for example, you know, until a few years ago, assisted living communities, 90, you know, I don't know, 85 or 90 percent of them were three-story buildings on five-acre lots in the suburbs. Well, now we're starting to see more urban models being developed. We're starting to see more people trying to do more middle market models. We're starting to see more mixed use models coming out. We're starting to see, um, you know, more on college campuses. We're starting to see, you know, a, a, just a much greater array of, of uh, building types, of services being offered. Of And that's that's what happens when an industry matures. And that's a good thing. That's what the, the market wants. That's what baby boomers want. So, we're starting to see greater diversity in products. We're starting to see greater diversity in markets being uh, reached or trying to be reached. And we'll see more and more of that. And again, particularly as the baby boomers become our residents, the baby boomers don't want, uh, uh, you know, yesterday's old, you know, your father's Oldsmobile. They want uh, the full array of choices that they've had throughout their lives. They're going to want in their senior years. And so they're going to turn senior living as it has been on its head, as they've done to everything they've touched. And they're going to want um, they're going to want every uh, possible option. They're going to want to be able to not just rent assisted living. They're going to want to be able to pay for it or finance it or whatever. They're not going to want just you know suburban models. They're going to want all the different ones we've mentioned. So I think we're going to see dynamic change coming forward, and I think it's super exciting. And uh, and our industry needs it, and I think that's what's uh, going to be demanded. So I think that's certainly coming. Uh, we're obviously going to see uh, changes in payment sources, both, I think, largely from the private market, to be honest, because I don't think there's anybody in Washington itching to start any new reimbursement programs. Uh, so I think we'll see more creative private financing options. I think we're seeing greater integration between senior living and healthcare. Uh, that's been discussed for the last several years. We're seeing more Medicare Advantage plans and, uh, and the like. Um, I think we're going to see, uh, you know, obviously more integration of some of the tech companies that are out there like Uber and Amazon and, you know, the food delivery companies and all the rest being becoming service providers within senior living communities. I, I think it's just going to be a super exciting period for the next 10 or 20 years in senior living um, with all kinds of creative options being developed and people who aren't in senior living coming up with new ways to do things that are being done now and bringing new ideas that aren't being done now. So uh, it's just going to be a, a very exciting ride for the next number, next several decades. Yes. And you will be at the forefront, won't you? We're, we're sure going to try. <laughs> so Tom, what gets you most excited these days? Probably some of what I just discussed, some of the excitement of the, of the opportunities to try and be, uh, you know, thinking of things at the forefront. Um, you know, secondly, I, I uh, am excited about, uh, we, we actually, uh, you know, just, just doing what we do and trying to do it better, seeing our associates uh, do the magic that they do every day with our residents. You know, I couldn't do what they do. I don't have that gene, but I love seeing what they do and seeing the care and nurturing that they provide to our residents and families is such a great gift that they bring. You know, I have a different way of contributing. 
I so admire what they do every day and seeing, trying to be helpful and supporting them is, is what I enjoy. But for me, the, the opportunities that are lying ahead of our industry are, are just so exciting. That, that to me is what fires me up. You know, I've said, I've been in the business, as I said, for 35 years, and I've said all along throughout that whole time, there are four things that I love about this industry. Uh, one is I'm guaranteed a growing market for the rest of my career. Two is it's an immature industry, which, um, which needs uh, creativity and new ideas. That's still true today. Uh, three is it's an, it's an, entre- it's an entrepreneurial industry. Again, it's, not a mature industry. It needs people with new thinking and so on. And fourth, uh, we get to put our head on the pillows every night, knowing that what we do touches people's lives in a very personal way. Those, that's been true for the entire 35 years I've been in the business as it is today. And I think it's a really cool combination of things. So I think it's a real privilege to be in the field that we're in. Those four things are just as true today as they've been all along. So I think that's fun. Well, what a great way to end our conversation. Your passion is so obvious. And thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Glowing Older Podcast.